What's up, guys? It's David Hess from the Rising Above podcast. Have you ever thought or dreamed about starting a podcast? Well, look no further. Anchor has all the tools necessary to record a podcast from your computer or phone. You heard that right. They make it so simple. When you host your podcast on Anchor, they will distribute your podcast on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Honestly, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place, which is why I host on Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. Welcome to the Rising Above podcast. Today I have Brandon Naven with me. He is the executive director of the Artist Umbrella and what the Artist Umbrella is, and I'll have him explain a little bit more, but uh, to my understanding, it's a bunch of artists who uh, have a place to go and perform, uh, like local poetry uh, poetry artists and musicians um, and, uh, so what, and or so on and so forth. So um, I guess with that being said, how are you doing today, Brandon? I'm good. How are you, David? I'm doing good. Good, man. This is actually my second podcast of today, for today. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I did a, an hour and a half one earlier over Zoom. So. Oh, cool. Who was that with? Uh, it was with a TikToker who is a social worker, and she, I, I, I don't know how I came across her. She was telling the story of um, human trafficking a while oh, gotcha. back, and she worked in that field uh, for a little bit, and she ended up quitting because um, human traffickers were uh, she, she worked at a, a safe house for human trafficked women and um, human traffickers came to the house and surrounded the house and they were trying to take one of their women back and the police didn't show up in time and wow. it, it scared the crap out of her. So she ended up quitting. Wow. So she ended up telling the story on TikTok, and I came across it, and, and I was like, you know, that's kind of interesting. Maybe I should ha- interview her and mm-hmm. bring some more awareness around it. And uh, and uh, she she was also in foster care and whatnot, so it was kind of interesting. Nice, but, yeah, yeah. I can see what how that could be uh, an emotional podcast. So yeah, it wasn't bad though. I mean, she yeah. was real put together. She is a social worker, so gotcha. she you know um, she she works in that community, and mm-hmm. she was able to um elaborate on it pretty well so cool yeah so yeah i'm uh i'm brandon <laughs> i'm uh the executive director of the artist umbrella so do you mind pulling that a little closer no, yeah no problem sorry yeah sure how's that that's great good so thanks for having me on the podcast yeah absolutely it's a pleasure to meet you, you as well i've heard some good things about you Nice. Uh, from Mike Marriott, and uh, he talks about you all the time. Every time he comes comes <laughs> here, so <laughs> uh, that's cool. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike has been he's been instrumental in uh, helping us, and um, yeah. So love Mike. So, do you mind uh, explaining what the Artist Umbrella is? Because I, I just, I guess I've kind of known about it for a while, um, but I don't really know everything that you guys do and what it is exactly. Yeah, so <clears throat> the the artist umbrella is something that continues to evolve and change as time passes, and we do our best to guide it, um, as well as just follow the progression. Um, it's it's an interesting thing. Currently, what the artist umbrella is is we're an organization of uh, 
creatives. Um, we have, we put on shows. Uh, we put them on at Urban Beat. Um, we do pop-ups at Proust Pets. It's been a little bit since we've done that. Uh, we do open mics at the MICA Gallery, Michigan Institute for Contemporary Arts. We just did our debut show at the Ellison Space in Rio Town. Um, we were at the Loft for a year. But, I mean, really what it is, we just we put on shows and we try to highlight local talent and we try to put as many different varieties of art forms in one space in one evening as possible so we have a lot of poets we have a lot of musicians we also have hula hoopers uh like nat spins nat spins I yep and her, her her crew um we have comedians, we have storytellers, we do uh, um, some testimonials. Uh, one of the most interesting things that have happened has happened is we realized that what we were providing wasn't simply entertainment, that we were offering a vibe and an energy that people in the area wanted. Um, so we, we have people get up each month. One person each month gets up and they uh, give a little testimonial as to how the artist's umbrella has positively impacted their lives. We also do live painting. Um, we do a, a, an art auction. We have little, um, we call them skits that happen. They're little like mystery things that just kind of happen uh, sporadically. Um, over the course of the show it's uh it's this ever evolving thing that um i say that the artist umbrella kind of happened to me um it wasn't really my plan um i never sat down and said okay this is what i want to do it just it happened by accident how did it happen are you did you like see a need in the community no oh. um honestly i was i was in local bands for about 10 years i was a front man in local bands for about 10 years so i had good connections with the local bar scene um in October of 2018, I stopped doing the local band thing. Um, I gave it up, and but I still knew that I enjoyed writing, um, so I thought maybe I would do some poetry. So I reached out to uh, Rena Risper, who runs the uh, New Citizens Press, um, and she had a she had an event coming up called Poetry in the City. So um, I reached out to her. I went out and I read poetry at that event. She put me into contact with some other um, people in the community that were putting on poetry events, Misaki Takahashi being one mm. of them. I went out to his um, poetry event uh, at the Poetry Room at the Robin Theater and uh, I was enjoying it, and I saw, okay, there's a cool community of people out here that are doing some cool stuff. And, um, you know, so I was just doing that for, I don't know, maybe a couple of months. And then this national poet, his name is Neil Hillborn, he came to the loft. So we found out he was coming to the loft to perform. Um, and, you know, I mean, very popular 
national, I don't know, maybe worldwide poet, but um, very popular poet. He was coming to the loft. And uh, I ended up calling Jerome White, who ran the loft at the time. And uh, I say at the time because the loft is no longer a a thing, thing, right? (laughs) Um, And I said, hey, Jerome, you know, if another poet comes in, is there any way that maybe I could open for him? Um, You know, just give it a shot. And he said, uh, well, we really don't know anything about this segment of the community. Um, but if you want to come talk to me, we can talk and we can see what's going on. So I went, I went down and I talked to him and he said, well, Hey, you know, if you want, you can, um, put on a show at the loft. And I, I said, okay. And I wasn't expecting that, but I thought, okay, sure. Why not? Um, so he gave me a date. I was excited. I left the loft and I immediately started calling friends of mine that I knew um, and asked them if they wanted to perform at the show. So we did that. Um, tickets were $5. Um, we had our very first show and like 80 people showed up. Holy cow. And that was on a Wednesday evening. Wow, that's a um, great turnout. Yeah, it was like 80 people, I think. And I was a little taken back, you know, and I thought, okay, so let, we can do it again, I guess. So let's do it again. And it just continued to snowball. Um, and now here we are two and a half years later, and um, it continues to evolve. It continues to grow and develop and it challenges me in ways that i've never been before it kind of gives a a space to artists to just come and like i kind of look at it as like again i've never been to the artist is is it a location do you guys have a like a we don't we don't have our own location okay um but that will happen okay so it kind of gives like a, a sense of community me switch the camera sure, sure. <laughs> um, it kind of gives a sense of community um for for artists it kind of like like i kind of like picture it kind of like um uh like what nashville is to like country mm. singers or musicians or mm-hmm. like even what um like the comedy store is to comedians like it gives them a sense of community to be surrounded by people like-minded to kind of bounce ideas off of it am i correct on that yeah for sure we definitely um yeah, it's definitely uh, a community, and it's definitely um, this, you know, this this energy that exists within the space that we're inhabiting at whatever time it, that may be. And uh, you know, I've, I've realized like it's not just entertainment. Um, we're we're providing something that's hard to measure. Um, you know, we we preach. Um, that our, our, we want our stage to be a place where people can feel safe, where they can uh, share their art, where they can feel that as though they're going to be encouraged, welcomed, supported, and, and loved on. I mean, one of the things we do in our shows, we're not doing it currently um, because of the COVID situation, but we'll start our shows and then we... Typically, we'll turn on the uh, the Rihanna um, "Under My Umbrella" song. Oh, cool! And we'll we'll encourage people to get up and hug one another. And we talk about some of the science behind hugs and how that 
mm, pardon me. You're good. <laughs> how hugs can um, change, you know, the way you feel, and it releases, you know, the feel good chemicals and things of that nature. The oxytocin. So, yeah, yeah. I think oxytocin and serotonin. Yeah, I think oxytocin actually is the chemical. Yeah, yeah. and it lowers um, cortisol levels. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of adds this vibe to where, like, you're not, like, all right, I just touched that person, you know, I don't know, it, it, it kind of brings you closer a little bit. Sure. You know, it doesn't, you don't feel on, as on edge, and mm -hmm. I could imagine that getting on stage, let me switch the camera again, <laughs> um, getting on stage and write, or reading a po poem that you had wrote and I, is pretty vulnerable, you know, because a lot of times artists write about what they're going through or like emotional things. Right. Yeah, they so do. It's gotta be, you know, um, kind of a vulnerable thing to do. Yeah, it definitely is. And you know, it was, it was interesting because, um, I would get up on stage and I would say, this is a safe space. This is a place where you can be, um, vulnerable and, you know, be accepted so on and so forth. And, uh, someone had spoken to me after one of the shows, and I had been doing this for over a year. And someone said, you know, I was speaking with someone, and they were saying that, and very respectfully, but said, you know, it's not, you can't simply get up on the stage and say, this is this. You can want it to be that. What do you mean? Um, so I, what she was saying is, I can't just get up there and say, or I I shouldn't or however she put it I am um, it's not so it's not as simple as getting on the stage and saying this is a safe space oh right it's saying this is what we want this to be but then um, providing the example right so uh, one of the things I've started doing is I, I get up there and I get vulnerable and I talk about difficult things to start off the show um, and I try to keep it a little lighthearted, you know, I don't want to bring everyone down or make everyone <laughs> cry before the show starts, but, um, I try to talk about things that are personal and things, um, that maybe I struggle with and I've tried to overcome and endure and try to set the stage. So, yeah. What kind of things do you write about, uh, when you're, when you're writing poetry, obviously you're a poet, does it come from like a deep place within like your, your own life? Yeah, um, for me, it's definitely, it comes from a dark place. Um, I haven't really found the inspiration to come from the healing and the love. A lot of it comes from a source of pain. But I have definitely found some, uh, I found a way to, you know, some of my some of my stuff has, it has the turnaround in it where, you know, th this is what I've gone through. This is how I felt. Here's how I'm feeling now. You know, and it deals with, you know, trying to be resilient, um, trying to overcome, you know, um, finding the good and the bad, you know. That's one thing I realized by doing this podcast is um, a lot of artists, no matter what kind of artists they are, they've all come from a place of, um, of like, tragedy and, like, uh, just, like, um, their, where their life was just like either a mess or they have like things that they're trying to overcome in, from their past. And, um, and then they express themselves through their art and, and that's part of their success. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely been 
a growing experience. Uh, you know, being in the local band scene, uh, I was the bands that I were in were heavy bands, like metal bands. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, the the demographic and the community that I was involved in at that time was so much different than what I'm dealing with now. You know, what kind of ba- what, what were the names of the bands? Um, I was in a band called Circle of Crows. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Dude, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. I was in Circle of Crows. Um, we did really well way back in, gosh, the between 2008 and 2011, something like that. There and was a van that drove around, right, with their name on it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing yeah, that. Yeah, we had big uh, logo stickers, and people would put them on their cars and stuff. Okay. Um, but we had some cool achievements, and then I, w- I started a band called uh, Pacifier. Um, that was cool. And then the la- the last band I was in was Loa, and Loa won the Homegrown Throwdown when I was with them. Um, proud moment at the Loft in 2017, I think. Nice. So, but yeah, you know that that group, that demographic. A lot of you know, kind of tough guys, and you know, yeah, um, not so much now. The the community I'm involved with now, you know, it's a lot of about. It's not tough guys. It's being about being vulnerable yep. and being open and yep. accepting of everybody. That's yes. that's generally how like most artists are, like um, like I've noticed with like the painters and the the people who draw mm-hmm. and the po- the poets and they're all just super accepting of everybody and everything yeah it's it's a it's a beautiful thing you know with with the local band thing I, although i loved doing it it wasn't my style like i loved getting up and doing the show but i would oftentimes the show was oh when when we were done performing i would leave and i think some people had thought that maybe i was a jerk because of that I mean, the truth is, is I don't drink. I didn't drink. I still don't. But do you do you not drink by by choice or? I well, yeah, it's definitely well by choice because um, alcohol does not agree with me. Um, I have an allergy to alcohol. You know, if I drink alcohol, then um, very bad things happen. So <laughs> bad things, as in not not physical, but like. Like well, behavior and stuff. Yeah, like that. behaviors. Yep. I when I if I pick up alcohol or drugs, I also have a, a history with um, substance abuse. I can't put it down. I can't stop, and it comes at the cost of everything in my life. Right. Um, any and everything I will give away so that I can continue using drugs and alcohol. What so, is? Can we talk about that for a minute? Absolutely. What is that like? Because. That's one thing I've I've always kind of been fascinated about. I've also interviewed people who um, have drug addictions and they're, you know, recovering. I don't struggle with that at all. Like I can drink to excess Mm -hmm. and be fine and not want to do it again. Um, I've never really picked up drugs and I've I've smoked like cigarettes before, but I, I don't I've never been addicted to anything. Right. What is that like? It is the most baffling thing that i've ever dealt with you know i it it's the strangest thing what is it like wow that's a really loaded question um (laughs) it's been my whole life um i started mingling and and drugs and alcohol at a young age 
but there was something that happened when I put that stuff in my system. It relieved something that I couldn't identify, something I couldn't put my finger on. It relieved it, and I felt okay. So in the beginning, the drugs and the alcohol were a solution for me. Right. Um, they relieved some anxiety, some depression, things like that. But, you know, somewhere along the line, the tables turned and it became the problem. Um, but, I mean, what I don't... Kind of, what kind of drugs are we talking about? Everything. Um, I was... I've, I haven't drank alcohol in 17 years. Wow, congrats. Congratulations. Six, I'm going on 17 years. But my drugs of choice, you know, obviously, I mean, I think it's pretty common in most drug addicts who have taken the route that I have... It started with uh, marijuana and a little bit of cocaine, you know, in my teens, LSD, um, in my in my m- mid twenties, I started doing heroin. Um, so I was an intravenous drug user for most of the nineties, um, and yeah, uh, crack cocaine, heroin. So you think once you kind of just st- like dipped your toes in you just kind of just spiraled out of control yeah i don't i don't have that shut off valve so so it's interesting like i would ask you like wow not having a problem with alcohol and drugs what's that like (laughs) because i just (laughs) you know what i mean um you you talked about you can get hammered you can probably get up the next day and be fine and not even give it a second thought right minus the the hangover right (laughs) right but that goes away and you're cool right so if i pick up anything that's mind altering mind altering substance as soon as it goes into my system i feel as though i cannot live without it and i'll sacrifice everything to continue using it see that's one thing that addicts get like a i mean it's kind of like a stereotype right like once you like you're just an addict you you just can't stop using right and a lot of people just kind of look at it as like a non like a binary thing like you're using drugs you need to stop mm-hmm. but it's more difficult than that it, it's it, way more difficult than that yeah i mean like for me i could just stop sure i mean i again i've never done anything like heroin or anything like that but as like as far as drinking and smoking pot and even like cigarettes i've never been addicted to those things mm-hmm. So I could just stop that. But again, that's why I'm like, what, what is that in people that makes them want to continue doing it? And I, and I don't know the answer. I, I think that, you know, I was genetically predisposed to this. My father and, you know, on my father's side, there was a lot of substance abuse issues. So there's definitely a genetic component, I believe. Um, and, you know, as science progresses, it, it seems as though they're finding some answers. There are, ac- there are areas of the brain that are mm-hmm. less or more active in an addict's mind than in a normal person's brain. Um, so, yeah. Do you feel that you were more creative on drugs? No. And alcohol? No. And actually, I never sang. I never, I mean, I would write, I always wrote. But I never was, I was never in bands. I never... I, I, I play guitar. I never played guitar. I, my creative days were in sobriety. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Congratulations on your sobriety, by the way. I appreciate it. I don't want to like, trigger anything by talking about no, this. No, it's all good. And, and okay. I'm an open book. Um, that stuff does not trigger okay. me. Um, the truth is, is um, I'm, 
I have to, I, I work a program every single day. I've got, a, I got, I have discipline and I've got a, um, a habit, habits and routines in mm -hmm. place to make sure that I don't go down an unhealthy road. Do you work out? What is your, what is yeah, your routine? I do, a, I do a lot of stuff. Um, so first thing I do is I wake up in the morning before I even open my eyes, I take deep breaths and I consciously smile and I name at least five things that I am. I am powerful, I am strong, I am a father, I am a husband. Um, and then I name five things that I'm grateful for. Um, my family, my health, the artist's umbrella, um, those things. So I do all that before I open my eyes. I open my eyes, I pray for help for the day. And then over the course of the day, I, you know, I, I work at home. So um, every time I get up from my desk, I do a set of push-ups. I do something with a dumbbell, and then I'll do like uh, some jumping jacks or something. I make sure I do 10 sets, so 30 sets, because I do three things each time. But I do that 10 times a day. Um, I send a gratitude list to my wife. I call somebody every day. Um, friend, family, someone in recovery. Um, I just added to it, do the dishes, clean the house, um, read something of spiritual nature. Like what? I, um, right now I'm reading something called uh, War The Warrior of the Light. So okay. there, it's just a daily reading. It's written like daily readings, and I read okay. it, and it gives me little boosts of um, inspiration. And then make sure I read before I go to bed at night. Um, I still go to meetings. So, you know, okay. meetings are good. And recently, within the last year, it's coming up on one year, actually. Actually, I might have passed a year. I took up running. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a runner. Now. Awesome. So, yeah. That's cool. I, uh, I was running a lot last year because I was training for a 50-mile ultra run. Mm-hmm. And I did the 50-mile ultra run in January, the beginning of January, and I pretty much haven't ran since. <laughs> you ran 50 miles? Yeah. yeah it That's was, incredible. It was, uh, it, was an un it was a task. That's yeah. like two marathons. Yeah. I actually didn't make it 50 miles. I made it 38 and a half or something like that. Wow. But what inspired you to do that? I don't know. I'm, o I'm always pushing myself to mm -hmm. do something. Yeah. Um, I work out all the time, mm -hmm. and that was just something I, I wanted to do. I That's don't know. That's cool. So, I, and I had never run a marathon before that. Mm -hmm. I had never, I mean, wow. I ran five K's, but that was it. Yeah. And so I just wanted to push myself to do something. Good yeah. for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I actually, I checked my uh, Strava okay. app uh, yesterday and uh, turns out that this year I've ran before today because i ran three miles today but as of yesterday i had ran 469 miles this year so um yeah yeah wow so that's crazy so do you typically run like three miles a day would it, um do you just run whatever you want to run well so I'll, I'll run no less than a 5k okay. i don't do it every single day because okay. um you know i try to let my body heal a little bit but I do the 5Ks, I do the 10Ks, and now I'm in the process of training for a marathon oh, wow. that I'll try, I will complete a marathon before um, November 6th of next year. Awesome. So, cool. Do you so know yeah. which one? 
I don't yet. I, I in fact I've never even ran with a group of people yet. No. No. Oh wow. As of right now, I've just it's just been me running. Okay. So. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. I'm up to twelve point five. That's the that's my longest run. Oh, if you can do that, you can do a marathon. Okay. Yeah, you could definitely do a marathon. Okay. Yeah, it's just all that at that point. It's just your mind. Mm. You just got to push past that mental yeah. barrier. Yeah. Yeah, you can do it. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so. Those are the kind of your daily routines, and that's how you kind of keep yourself busy to mm-hmm. not think about these things, or do you just find that that just helps you? It helps me physically and mentally. Yeah. Um, it helps me to know that I'm doing positive things. Um, you know, the, the issue is when I'm not doing things of a positive nature whether that be physically mentally emotionally spiritually if i'm not doing that i slowly sink and the result is i end up picking up drugs again and so in order to not do that um, i try to make sure that i'm doing positive things each day do you think it's just a matter of being busy and not being busy Mm, you know maybe Um, Sometimes I wonder about that. You know, I definitely have a difficult time um, sitting still. I have a difficult time laying down. I feel like my time should be filled with things. That's a great question. I I, I could kind of tell by talking with you, you you do a lot during your day. And so um, it seems that you you always have a lot going on. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't, then your mind just kind of wanders, right? Yeah, my mind wanders, and I think I slowly sink. But I also have a, a wonderful wife, and I have... Uh, a 15-year-old son who lives in Hazlitt, and then in my home, I've got two little girls, four and six. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you're right. I mean, my day is definitely filled, um, but it's filled with beautiful things, and I'm thankful for it. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely not worth giving up, right? No, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are your goals with the Artist Umbrella? I mean, obviously, it's kind of in a, it's taken its, it's taken its form, you know, to what it is today. Mm-hmm. What are your future goals with it? Gosh, you know, I don't, th- there's so many different ways that this thing could go. Um, honestly, we, we want to have our own space in that space. Um, ideally it'll be a church okay. um, that has a stage, has the acoustics, has rooms off to the side where we can provide training and workshops and courses. Okay. Um, but it would also be the performance area as well. There's going to be a traveling component to this where we take it to Flint, Saginaw, Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, surrounding areas. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and who knows? I mean, we'll continue to take this thing. It, it kind of guides us, and we try to make sure that we can keep it on the tracks. So, but yeah, I mean... It, Ideally, eventually we're going to have our own space, and then there'll also be a traveling component as well. We've also um, there also be another side side of it where we can offer services uh, to outside entities. Um, we've got a, a full-on light system. We have our own sound system. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's going to be a lot of moving parts. We're on the cusp of right now, so let me back up a little bit. 
as the the artist umbrella as it currently stands is a is a um, fully volu full volunteer based organization. So um, as the owner, <clears throat> and then everybody else in the organization as well, none of us take a penny from this thing. All the money that comes in either goes toward helping make sure that we can pay our artists or it goes into a bank account so we can build and invest in the show. Um, but what we're learning is <clears throat> the time and the attention that the artist umbrella is demanding in order for this to turn into what it needs to be, there's going to have to be paid positions. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like that with everything. Yeah, you know, at, at, there always comes a certain point where you just got to give it all. Like, got to hire people and just yep. take the next step, right? Yeah, and it's uh, we never thought that it would be that, but it is. So, what's the difference between the artist umbrella and uh, opportunity arts? Opportunity arts is uh, more of like the business side of things. They can help. Uh, they help like promote and stuff promote and professionally develop artists um, okay. offer different services like if they want to build a website or apply for an LLC things like that okay the artist umbrella we are more of the we put on the shows okay and you give a platform yeah to to the artists mm-hmm that's cool yeah I like yeah. that but then uh, they all kind of merge right yeah we like, all merge together yeah and i hope we i hope that will continue as time passes in our community i'd love to see because there are other organizations out there you know like po uh, the poetry room and the saki takahashi uh you've got alexa shisato who's who does um i think drop the mic um on thursdays you've got a, a lot of them i'm not you know, no disrespect, I'm not trying to forget anyone, but um, there's a lot of different organizations and people who are putting on things, and it would be cool if we could see all of us kind of come together and work together. Yeah, that'd be cool. How many artists do you guys have? Oh, gosh. It's somewhere in the 80s right now. 80-plus <sighs> different wow. acts. That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, that, but that includes vendors, visual artists, and performing artists. Okay. And we're still trying to, you know, branch out and get more because there's so many different kinds of art that still have not hit our stage. Like what? I want I want a violinist. Um, I think we did have a violinist once, but a violinist that's regularly on our stage, um, a flautist, you know, someone who plays the flute, um, b-boys, uh, break dancers. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, there's there's more there's more we want more <laughs> and now we're looking at i mean one of the things that i began thinking about is i want to start bringing in regional talent um or even national talent if we can afford it once if, and if we can get a space that's big enough to house that talent pay to bring some of these bigger acts into lansing right onto the artist umbrella stage you know and, and just make it happen um yeah it's kind of cool because I don't think there's ever been a time before where a bunch of different um, aspects of artists, I guess, like, you know, like musicians and um, poets and painters and mm -hmm. right, just writers, a bunch of people just came together, right? Yeah. I don't think there's ever been a platform for people to do that. And, and I don't know. Maybe you're right. Um, I'm not aware of any. I'm not either. And yeah, it feels special. It feels special. It's it's really cool. I feel very blessed. Um, 
I'm humbled by it for sure. Um, yeah, it's its own thing. And I'm not responsible. I mean, I'm responsible for helping guide it and direct it. But it is what it is because of the community. And, and you know, I just, uh, I get a little overwhelmed sometimes with, with gratitude because uh, of the way that the community has embraced it. Um, and some people have referred it to like church um, because of the feelings involved. It's like a, a cult. No, I'm just yeah, <laughs> right. in in all the good ways. So, yeah, yeah. Right. So. yeah, no, it it, it provides a, a sense of community for everybody. Yeah, a sen- like a home kind of right, like a, yeah, like a home base type type thing. For sure, yeah, it definitely does. And uh, there's no shortage of people that have just come out and said, "Hey, I need to tell you, like, the artist umbrella has really helped me." It's really changed my view of things, or it's pulled me out of depression. Um, <clears throat> there's the, the maybe the maybe the most significant story that I know of is there's a there's a young lady who comes to our shows often. Uh, this young lady got into a a bad accident years ago um, and had a traumatic brain brain injury. Wow. Um, she left, I think it was our first first or second show that she had came to, and she told her friend, who's an artist in one of our shows, she said, and I, I'm going to do my best to, to quote her, but I, I, I know it won't be exact, but she said something to the effect of, when I'm at these shows, I feel my brain rewiring. Wow. And... I was in tears. I mean, I was I was blown away. And but she said she could feel something happening in her brain during the shows. And I'm not trying to come off like weird or strange or magical, but um, she comes to all of our shows and she talks about how they they're helping her heal. I believe that. I mean, because there's there's science to prove that, right? Like a lot of a lot of times they say if somebody's been into like um, some sort of if they have like some sort of brain injury that you should play music mm. or something, you know, that, that they would associate with or that they would like. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and that's, again, that's one of many stories, but maybe the most significant one. Um, so yeah. Um, have you guys done any, like, uh, like, have you tried, uh, like pulling people from like MSU like college students or we're working on it yeah we're working on it and it's so interesting because all of the momentum and movement that we've had has been with very little effort on our end like it's almost as if this car has organically like if the artist umbrella was a car it's it's just all of a sudden the pedals to the metal, right? (laughs) And we're doing everything we can to guide and steer the car. And one of the things that I talk about a lot is we probably have the best problem that any young, young organization can have. And that is the, all of the work we do is to keep up with the momentum that's been given us. There's no trying to get this thing off the ground get people to get interested, right. get it to get momentum. Like a lot of small young businesses have those issues. All of the work we do is to keep up with it. 
Well, I think it's because you're fulfilling a need, right? A need within the community for, again, a platform for people to come and share their experiences and the things that they've gone through through their their art. Yes. Whatever their art form is. Mm-hmm. You know, because, again, most of the time people express themselves through whichever art that they're involved in, right? Poetry, writing, yep. music. Do you have any rappers? We do. We have rappers. We also have um, a beatboxer. Oh, cool. Uh, Tong Effects. He's number five in the top 25 in the country. Top 25 in the country, and he's number one in Michigan. Jeez. So, yeah, yeah. Um, That's pretty incredible. It is. It's 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 interesting. Um, and it seems endless. Like, I still am running into new artists and just such incredible talent in this area that I had no idea existed. Um, and it just continues to present itself. What do you think of the art scene in, in Lansing or in the mid-Michigan area? Do you, I mean, obviously you said you, you're discovering a lot of artists, um, different, different art. Um, what's your perspective of that? It's hard because it's hard so I think I can answer the question, but it's difficult because I'm born and raised here. Okay. Um, so I, I don't have other uh, frames of reference. Well, all right, let me put it this way. That's okay. Um, yeah. Like, oftentimes New York and Chicago mm-hmm. are kind of, like, looked at as, like, okay, that's where you go to do art. Like, if you want to, like, open an art gallery or if you want to, like, go to art college, mm-hmm. that's where you want to go. Yeah. Um. L.A. is kind of like if you want to become an actor, you want to be a comedian, that's where you go. Um, Nashville, if you want to pursue music, uh, that's where you go, right? Like there's these scenes all over the country, then that's where you go if you want to do that specific art. One thing I'm discovering with like Lansing is that there's a bunch of art, a bunch of untapped, I guess, artists that are just now being found and um, are kind of making their breakthrough. What's your perspective of that, and what what do you how I'm trying I'm trying to think of a way to word it, but like what do you think about Lansing in that aspect? Well, I think that we have a prime opportunity right now. Um, <clears throat> Lansing is you know traditionally a government city, right? It's where our capital is. Um, but the the truth of the matter is, we're gonna have to rethink things because the city and the state workers aren't coming back. COVID has changed everything. Um, 90 per, the way I understand it, over 90% of the city and state workers won't be returning to the Capitol or to the offices in downtown. Really? To resume, yeah. What are they going to uh, do with the buildings? <laughs> exactly. And what are the local businesses going to do that thrived off from that? Right. Um, the other, and I, I think I'm taking a long, a long route to answering your short question the other thing that happened during COVID is the loft closed. The artist umbrella was the last show at the loft. Wow. I was the last man on the mic at the loft. Um, I'm proud of that. Although I'm sad that it's gone. It sounds like a good title to something. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> it could be, you know, maybe ma- a poem. Sure. Um, Max bar is closed. Yeah. Um, it's going to be something different now. I, I think the point I'm trying to make is, we're at ground zero, and we can create something from here. Um, but it's going to depend on the ability to rethink 
and rework everything. Um, and, you know, that's part of what we're trying to do as the artist umbrella. And, you know, there are other organizations too, uh, Lansing 501. Um, I think we have a lot of opportunity, but I think we're behind. You know, I think uh, it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to take people with money. It's going to take um, filling these spaces. But the truth is, if we can fill these spaces with talent and, and vibrant entertainment, people will come. And it's not just going to benefit the people in that space. People will go to the local restaurant next door. Mm -hmm. People go to the bar after the show down the street. Yeah. But we got to create the entertainment and create the vibe and people will come to it. So that's one thing I, I definitely see people taking advantage of that. Um, you know, like for instance, there's a comedy club that just opened up. I'm sure you know about funny is funny. Yeah. And my wife and I went to a show, um, uh, last weekend or the weekend before. And it was sad because, um, mm. there was only a couple people there and I'm like, man, these are like, th these are funny comedians on the stage. Yep. And why, is, why isn't the community coming out to this? You know, and it's, it's, it's disheartening because I, I know there are people that I know that will pay $100, $200 to go see their favorite rapper or artist mm -hmm. in Detroit. I will. Right. But they won't pay $20 to see their local talent in their right. own home city. I'll also do that, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. great. Um, I, I'm all for it. But, I mean, I, I feel like why why do we have this community of people? There, there's a lot of people in our community that will spend a lot of money to see national acts, which mm -hmm. is good, mm -hmm. which is good. I'm not saying don't do that. But also spend the little bit of money. To right. come out to the local acts. Right. Well, I think it just needs to be done right. Right? There you go. It just needs to be done right. It need, there needs to be a place for local acts to also come together with maybe some of these national acts. There you go. And and then, boom, all of a sudden you have your local talent getting recognized by some of this national talent as well. Yep. And then, no. then maybe they'll take them along with them. You said it right there. You said it right there. And, I, and that's one of the next steps for the artist umbrella is um, – securing some of these national acts you know start with regional acts mm -hmm. maybe that's you know pop evil who's from detroit or you know i mean you start with some regional acts hit up national acts it's really just a matter of money yeah you know and i think that we can do it i no, i'm sorry i know we can do it and i know that with the right production with the right stage in the right place, we can continue to evolve this thing to where Lansing is an arts mecca. So, but you said it, you said it. So Linking do, the two. How do you get there? There's a number of different ways. Um, there are, one of the things I'm learning is that there are many different corporations, businesses in the area who are invested and want to see Lansing thrive. So it starts with sponsorships, okay. uh, grants, um, things of that nature. Once you get sponsorships and grants, 
now real quick um, go ahead they lansing was just uh granted like a like an arts um uh arts grant wasn't an arts grant no um i seen mike marriott post about it but they recognize art being a part of like the community. Mm-hmm. Am I correct on that? Oh, the arts commission. The arts commission. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Mike has that up actually. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what is what is the purpose of that? Do you think that will help? I hope so. I think that just speaking f- completely open and honest, you, we need more people that are going to move, um, and not just get in these meetings and talk. We need people that are going to get in there, make, create the plan, and then execute. Mm. We have to execute these plans, not just plan and then come up with some ideas and let them float away. Right. But create the plan and execute the plan. So as many, and I love Mac, Mike Marriott for that because he'll, he's a mover, like he's a shaker and a mover, and he wants to get things done. Um, you can't hate on him for that. Um, but we need more. We need more people like that that are willing to get in the community, get dirty, and get this stuff moving. I think it, the problem is a lot of people look at art as like, oh, okay, that's cool. They're they're an artist, whatever. Right? You know, they're just a local artist. Like they're nobody, and so they don't really want to invest their time and effort and money into somebody who may not make it or just fall off. Yeah, you said it, and but I mean the the sad, not sad truth. The truth is, is everything is art. Right. And what were people doing during COVID? Yeah. Reading books. Yeah. Getting creative. Getting creative. Yep. Um, if they weren't, if people weren't creating art during the pandemic, they were consuming art during the pandemic. And we consume art every single day. Yeah. Music. Yep. Yeah. Music. Yep. And I mean, even, even television. I mean, that's yep. art. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know. I think. One of the things I've started thinking about just within the last couple weeks, maybe the last month, is the art has to have sincerity or else it comes off corny. It comes off, uh, yeah, corny. Um, But if there's sincerity and emotion and belief behind it, it'll sell itself. And I think that's part of the reason the artist umbrella has done as well as we have is we're not some corny, um, variety show where we just get up and it's all giggles and laughs. No, this right. stuff has depth and weight to it. Yeah. It has to be sincere. Like you said, mm-hmm. I mean, nobody wants a, nobody wants to listen to somebody just bullshit, <laughs> you know? No, you're right. They, they want to listen to somebody like talk about the, the hardships they've gone through and how mm-hmm. they overcame it. And then, how they're, you know, thriving from it. Yep. Um, like I had, uh, I'm, I'm sure you know Sema. She, I do. She was on the podcast. And I unfortunately wasn't able to release her episode. She didn't want me to. But, gotcha. Um, she read a, a poem at the end. And I'm like, holy cow. That That is like moving. Yeah. What she read, I was like, holy cow. That, I can't believe that. And that that's talent. It is. She's very talented. And then uh, I had Mila on. Mila, Mila Lynn, yeah. yeah. She was on. She read a poem, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang. like they're, She's part of the Artist Umbrella, am I correct? Or uh, s- no, Mila, I mean, Mila's performed with us, definitely. Okay. She's part of the AU family, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Um, Mila's on her own thing. You know, she's on her own venture. And um, 
she's another one. She's a shaker and a mover. But yep. it goes back to this thing where we have to continue to create the environment in Lansing and in uh, Michigan mm-hmm. to where we can support these artists and we can continue to give them platforms to to thrive on. Right. Or else yeah. they'll continue going to New York and Chicago and Los right. Angeles and Nashville if we can't con- if we can't build what it is that they need here. Yeah, need to build an empire. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you said it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty incredible. I mean, it'd be really cool if you guys could get a space and have a home base essentially. Yep. We will. We will. It's just when. Yeah. Um at this point it's just when. And again, I think, you know, it's it's coming down to the point to the fact that um it's it's the time and place is arriving where um one or two of us have to give this at least part-time paid attention in order to turn this thing into what it deserves to be because right. we're in a position now where the artist umbrella becomes a legacy and if not it's because we didn't we weren't willing to take the risk well and then at what point are you selling <clears throat> your artist short you know if you're not willing to take the next step into furthering whatever it's going to become are you selling them short are you not providing more opportunities for them you know yeah absolutely and you know one of the things that i think about is when i'm on my dying bed which is gonna happen eventually when i'm on my dying bed i don't want to have to say i wish that i would have given it all that i had um i won't it's just not gonna happen so you know, it's a sc- it's a scary thing, but I mean, I think that's what makes it great. That it's it's not easy, mm-hmm. and it is a little scary. That's always good. It's always good, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's the that's the part of the indicator. That's one of the indicators that it's special, right? So, is there any other place in the United States or anywhere that does something like this to you can you can almost like replicate it? I have to assume that there's there's other organizations that do similar things to what we do. We went to the uh, Michigan Festivals and Events Convention. It was the 29th annual um, about three weeks ago in Boyne. Mm. Um, and the one thing I learned is what we're doing currently, we're... we're it looks like, at least around here in Michigan, it looks like we're the only organization that's putting on a fully vetted, fully produced, monthly curated production. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But I have to believe that it's happening other places. What does a production look like to, for you guys? Oh, gosh. There's so much that goes into it. We have my wife, Chelsea, is the director of social media. So we're constantly trying to figure out how do we make sure our event is reaching more people? What are the algorithms? Um, we still have so many opportunities That's like awesome. Facebook, Instagram. We're trying to create uh, content for TikTok. So we attack. That's part of the production, right? Is um, marketing and promoting mm-hmm. our shows. We have Roxy Hayes Brown. So my wife's name, her, that's Chel- she's Chelsea Navin. She's the director of social media. Roxy Hayes Brown is the director of arts and production. Every month she books our shows, books the stage. 
um, and she does everything like a science. It's like a science for her. So she wants to make sure she has the right acts in the right places to make sure that the energy is ebbing and flowing as it should over the course of the show. We've got uh, Allison Spooner. She is in charge of our our email, um, our uh, creating a newsletter, updating our website. Um, yeah, all the. There's so many people doing so many things. We have a uh, finance manager. That's Josh Hayesbrown. That's Roxy's husband. He handles that stuff. We've got uh, Jack Taylor, who is moving into an exciting new position, which I haven't discussed it publicly yet, so I won't do it here. Yeah, out <laughs> of respect for her. But um, there's a lot of us that are doing the things that need to be done in order to turn this thing. The production, there's so much that goes into it. And all of it's unpaid. <clears throat> all of it's unpaid. So it's just people doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. And because we love it and we believe in the mission. That's, we believe in the mission. It's incredible that you can find that many people that are just like willing to do that for you. and Not not for you, but you know, for everybody. For the community, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's humbling, you yeah. know. And then as the executive director... Um, I'm filling in blanks here and there. You know, I probably put, so I work 40 hours a week at my, my paid job, but I probably put 20, 20 plus hours a week into the artist umbrella. So it's a part-time job. It is. It yeah. is. Um, and there are no hours, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's whenever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. It's special. Um, so what kind of acts when you're when you're obviously you have somebody who plans the events or and what who's performing and whatnot mm -hmm. um what kind of acts do you guys have in a show so any given show will have um a poet maybe two a musical act maybe two um sometimes it'll be one with vocals and one will just be an instrumental um, we'll have something like, we'll have a storyteller. We'll have, you know, you can see dancers, hula hoopers, fire spinners, comedians. How does that affect the vibe? Uh, because I would, I would assume that like, for instance, if you're having a hula hooper on and you know, you have all this fun music going, mm -hmm. you got lights, whatever it is. And then the next act is a comedian. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, now I gotta be quiet. Right. You know, like it's... what is... What is the vibe like? I mean, it's like it's like a movie, right? You know, like any movie you think of, there's there's serious moments, there's funny moments, there's sad moments. So it's an epic production. Each show, Roxy um, vets it and curates it as if it's this epic production. So you bring the crowd up, you let them down. You bring them up, you let them. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And yeah. some sometimes she has a slow build all the way to the end. Um, but I think it allows for the, you know, the ebb and flow of everything, you know, the wax and wane. Um, it brings the crowd up, it drops them down. You right. Know, it's, it's this whole, it, it's an emotional experience. Now, you guys have a show coming up, right? Tomorrow. 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 Yeah, man. <laughs> what is it? It's called uh, Embers of November. Okay. Um, we're going to have some great talent on this show as well. Um, we're welcoming back Isabella Mansfield. She's a she's a poet, a local poet, um, tremendous professional um, beast. 
she's great she's coming back um we're gonna have tong effects the beatboxer will be on this oh, cool um i can't remember we have our testimonials gonna be done by oh cheyenne Britton. um there's this character uncle carl who does like this talk show type thing he'll be on there we've got jmo the rapper he'll be on there um Moscow, Mexico is going to be the welcoming act. They're a great local band. They'll be the cool. welcoming act. Um, and now, do you tell these people what they have to perform and what, I mean, can they just perform whatever they want? Oh, no. Um, there's, no, we can't. Okay, so we don't tell them what to perform, but we we check the quality of their work before we put them on our stage. So okay. there's a whole process, like Jonas Greenberg is our new talent um, outreach specialist coordinator. He'll send talent to Roxy. Well, first he over he looks at it. Okay, cool. This is good. Mm -hmm. I'll send it to Roxy. Roxy takes a look at the artist, and it goes either. I think I'm saying this right. Green, yellow, or red. So if they're green, if the, if the talent's green, she's going to get them. Um, get them paired with or put them in contact with an artist who can help them work on their art and help sharpen it up, improve it. If they're yellow, then they can come to like a artist umbrella pop-up show and do some stuff. And if they're red, that means they're ready for the stage. That seems backwards. <laughs> yeah. I know. Red hot, like red hot, uh, okay. green, green. Like, um, I was thinking, in terms I get it though. You're right. Stop, like, <laughs> stop. Yeah. Go. Yeah. No, green like new. Okay. Yeah, so um so but but what I mean is like obviously each show has a theme, right? Mm -hmm. It's called something. It is, but there's the themes are loose. Okay. So we don't we don't tell them what they can or can't or say hey, you got to play this song or it's got to be in this genre or this vibe. Right. Okay. We've only done that once and that was with our show just last month. Uh it was called Speakeasy. So, but we really, what we did is we just, we booked talent that would fill a speakeasy vibe. Okay. And we just put them on the stage oh, cool. and let them do their thing. Okay. So. Cool. And what time is that tomorrow? It, uh, doors open at seven. The show time is 8 PM. It's at Urban Beat. Okay. In the Arts District of Old Town. Uh, there'll be food. There'll be alcohol. Um, I've got a little surprise um we're gonna be doing some giveaways cool you can get some artist umbrella merch oh, cool. um so yeah awesome um is there anything else you want to promote you know we're uh, we're an hour in really yeah that went fast that went super fast <laughs> went super fast man that's good <laughs> were that's you nervous good. at all no i it i don't know if i was nervous it's a little uncomfortable just because i'm not used to having headphones on and having okay. something in my face yeah but um no i wasn't nervous okay and no man i i appreciate you having me on david yeah absolutely um, it's an honor and a privilege and yeah i mean check out the artist umbrella we're doing special things we're here to stay and uh we have staying power now you guys are on social media um you're on facebook Facebook, Instagram. Instagram, we have a website, we're on TikTok, we're creating YouTube um, content now. So yeah. Cool, cool. Well, 
I appreciate everything you're doing. I think it's really cool to have a place in, in our city and our community. I mean, because it's not just Lansing, um, you know, where I know that if I wanted to get into poetry or even wanted to go yeah. support it and watch, watch it, I can. Or, you know, see local acts, musicians, comedians, everything. Yeah, man, it's, it's definitely not just for the artists. It's for fans of the arts. Yeah, and it's also for anybody who just wants to get some good community feels and vibes. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, David. Yep. It's been Appreciate a pleasure. It.